Welcome to Cat Chat. You are listening to Cap Chat Live. Cap Chat Live. Cap Chat Live from the United Soccer Coaches Convention. Here is your host, Josh Tyler. Day Podcast Row. We are here with the legend of, of Steve Axtell. Uh, you don't have your name badge on. I don't. It's in my pocket. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, I'll let you in. So um, here, in po- here in Podcast Row, we got some. We got a presentation going. Um, so if you hear a loud boom, it's not a gunshot. It is a ball hitting the wall on Kilo Goal. That thing's thirty thousand dollars, by the way. Wow. Yeah. No, it's, it's just it's, outside my price range. Yeah, it's an enclosed. Now, what size do you think that field is? Hmm. Fifteen by. 25 yeah it's big 30,000 it's cool though I don't know how do you would you how would you use that though I don't think I have a space where I that would do anything yeah in either of my jobs or like realms I don't I can't see a space for that yeah Uh, I think that would be a cool like part of a complex like if your complex had that yes that would be cool your kids could kind of go and and play yeah I can't imagine clubs or or, uh, you know Cortland buying it it seemed because for me, I mean, I just go in the gym. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, I like the quickness. So, so what do you? Okay, so you're pres- you presented. I want to hear about your leadership. That's one of the things that I, I and and honest, I'm fascinated with the, the your leadership talks. And um, so, what what were you presenting here at, at the convention? Talk about the the, the the diploma you did. Yeah. So uh, this year they put me in charge of running the leadership diploma here. Which was ten sessions, and for people to get the diploma, they have to go to six out of ten. Okay. Um, the overarching topic is leading up and down, so uh, leading your players and your team, but also uh, leading upwards a little bit and making better relationships with bosses and ads and ownership and all of that, and uh, basically trying to just control everything you can around you in a better way. Uh, so that's the overarching premise of the ten sessions. Of all ten sessions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how? So talk about your your leadership style and, and how did you prep for this and what were the things that you're you're looking at um, when you're trying to put this class together? Yeah. Um, so we wanted to kind of touch on a lot of different facets. Um, so for instance, one is you know communication. One later today, the last one that we have going on is uh, it's about boundaries and just all the different realms that we we live in. So you know. Me as a dad, me as yeah. a husband, me as a soccer coach, right? And uh, me with my job at Rush and me with my job at college. And how do the things blend and where do you draw lines and where do you not draw lines? Things like that. Um, so there's various topics like that. Um, the four that I did, that I presented on, uh, one was just the difference between like a traditional hierarchy management style, which would be kind of military, right? Oh, like, okay. I have a boss who has a boss who has a boss, and and you don't, yeah, you don't, you don't skip to that boss. You I mean you talk to your direct boss? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, in, in our college realm, that would be, you know, the freshman doesn't have as much say as a sophomore, as a junior, etc. Um, but then it was blending that in like an organizational psychology approach and a more modern leadership approach, which would be like delegating a lot more, giving a lot more responsibility, letting go of the ego as the coach, yeah, and empowering other people around you to also lead where they're good at uh so that was the first one. Second one, oh, let's see um second one was uh creating a leadership environment with your team so that was a round table so that was pretty cool um i would present for a couple minutes and then pose some questions yeah. to the group and have them chew that up um i then did uh 
coaching the individual in a team framework. And that's probably my favorite one. That one gave me the least amount of stress to prep for because I think we do that really well at the college that I'm at. Uh, so it was about macro uh, understanding a player, which is like personality testing, what are their goals, what are their aspirations, what's their family yeah. life, just understanding them over long term. And then micro, which would be, you know, do they wake up stressed? Do they sleep? Sleep quality, fatigue, soreness, hydration. Uh, so let's dive into that topic then because I yeah. think it is fascinating what you do. And I, and I know we've talked I, – I don't remember if it's on the podcast or offline or whatever it is, but you talk about – you, you do a really good job of, of empowering your, 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 your freshmen, your leaders. And, and um, so how do you get to know when you're talking about the personality test? And man, so what test do you guys use? How do you guys figure out? Let's take let's take a freshman through the, your, your leadership process. Um, I'm coming a freshman at Cortland. How, how do you figure out what my style is and what that looks like? Um, so everyone will take all the three personality tests that we use. They do it once a year. Okay. Um, most of the time, like 99% of the time, players don't change across years with their personality types. But What personality a, test do you use? Uh, so we use Myers-Briggs. Yep, okay. Um, which is the one of 16 uh, categories that you get. We use the big five, which is the, the ocean, openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeable, and neuroticism. Okay. So you get kind of like a five-factor score. And then we use true colors, which is probably my favorite in a team setting because you just get one of four colors. And... That one's really easy for our players to understand each other. Uh, so, like, I would know that, you know, you're an orange and that person's a blue. And so they start to think about their interactions in that way, about what color everybody is. And there's do only you, four, so it's pretty do, easy. Do you do – maybe this just sounds very, very simple or childish, but do they have, like, a certain color? Like, like when you first – if you get a team of 30 players or 40 players that, that, that you're interacting with, do you tell everyone, like, hey, Steve's a blue, Josh is an orange, whatever that is? Or, do you like, do they wear a color – as like in preseason, so you know how to interact with them. How do you, how, how do you define that for, for players? Yeah, we, they don't wear anything, uh, but we meet a ton about it in okay. preseason, and actually like consistently throughout the year. Even if there's conflict between two players, or if they come in um, and want a meeting with the staff, they want to yeah. say, you know, coach, why am I not playing, or why didn't I start, and any of those. Uh, my assistant coach and I will review their testing, like a uh, little PDF that we make for everybody about who they are. We'll review that before that meeting. Um, and if two players, you know, maybe they get into it at training or whatever yeah, yeah. it is, um, we'll talk to them in that, like, resolution. It's like, well, you know, you're a blue, you're a green, here's it, how you guys got it wrong. You know, you were thinking this way, but it's not malintent. It's just that's who you were. Right. You were communicating in your style. That person was communicating in theirs. And so, so what are we the, talk about it a lot. What are the four colors? Uh, there's blue, which okay. are uh, probably more emotionally driven people okay uh, they need that emotional connection yeah they're really good at sensing like if there's any tension in the team like they feel it first before anybody else uh there's oranges who are super extroverted kind of life of the party very competitive risk takers uh there's golds which are the i would like best way to describe it is like a boy scout right like they do everything right they're always on time they Ner want to do well nerds yeah Nerd. um pretty straight edge <laughs> yeah. yeah very responsible um, and then there's greens, which are the logical thinkers, analytic. They like science. They like data. They like the process. Um, much more like up in their head. Yeah. Thinkers. Do you so is, is when you when you look at a team environment, it, it is the if you had a perfect world, would you have a quarter like it's twenty five, twenty five, twenty five? Like you have 
25% of this color? And, and does that blend the best? Or do you find that like if you have a ton of blues on a team or a ton of oranges, does it completely like is that a different conflict as well? Like, yeah, what's your ideal world of, of the, the mixture of colors? I don't know if there's an ideal or if I've found that yet. Um, but there's definitely like if you have a lot of oranges, like at the college level, you got a lot of kids that probably want to go out on the weekends, and yeah, have a ton of fun, right? And like they're the extroverted social type. So, if you got a team full of oranges, that's what you're going to be dealing with, and so um, you and you know that you sat down, like, we got a lot of oranges, yeah. we, we have to change. We have to be a little more strict. We have to be a little more disciplined because of what's happening. For sure. Yeah. But if you have a team full of golds, you don't have to touch on that stuff. Like, they do that yeah. themselves anyways. Yeah. Um, there, most of the time, we are very high gold and orange on our team, the type of kids that we get. Um, very few blues, very few greens. Interesting. Yeah. That surprised me because you guys are high academics uh, in the Division Three. So, I, I, yeah. I'm surprised that you don't have more greens. Yeah. Um, I think... A lot of athletes are oranges just by nature. Yeah, yeah, that's because true. Because they're risk takers. They like to put themselves out there. They're really competitive. Yeah. Um, so, I think, like, if, I think if you did a, a scan of like all professional players, I think you would hit a majority orange. What What, what are the two colors that really, you know, they just butt heads? Uh, well, gold and orange, right? So gold is like, why are you screwing this up for us? Yeah. Be more disciplined. Oranges are like, why are you so rigid? Loosen up. Right, and so like, there's some conflict there. Uh, blue and green are always at odds with each other a little bit because blues tend to view the world through an emotional lens. Yeah, greens are much more logical, and so they. So I'm a high green, high orange would be my two colors uh, on my profile. And like, I don't have a lot of blue in me. I'm much more logical driven. Yeah. Um, but my wife, she's a blue for sure, um, and so she wants me to be more emotionally out there. Right, like in our relationship and it, but I don't see the world that way and I wonder why she doesn't see the world my way yeah uh, but it's interesting once you start getting into the colors you can pick out people and you're like oh I bet that's a green and oh, I bet that's a blue and I'm, I'm, I probably follow the orange I'm assuming yeah yeah, yeah I would put you as an orange for yeah sure. huh interesting so when you so now you deal with conflict now you get the conflict resolution part of it how well do your players take it and do you think it helps with understanding the conflicts as you guys come as you said there's a conflict with players yeah. Um, so the, I think it's twofold. The, it definitely helps them actually solve the problem yeah. a little bit. But it also, the narrative then becomes that this stuff is important. Right? Because we use it a lot and we yeah. talk about it a lot. Even if it doesn't work perfectly, the players know, well, this stuff is important. And we say, well, why is it important? Because well, I want to get to know you. I care yeah. about you. Right? Like, yeah. I want to make sure we're getting this right for you. You should want to do that for your teammates. And so the culture around it is everybody just knows that we're going to try our best for each other yep. based on our own personalities, right? Um, so, yes, I do think it helps solve problems, but it also helps your culture. Like They just know that you care. Yeah. And you want them to care about each other more. Well, and I think the, the, the modern game, or whatever we call that, it is, you know, I think you, you, you're coaching the individual way more. And I think, I mean, obviously you found success in doing it, but I think I think that's very bad because you see people that I'm going to, you can't coach everyone the same way. You can't interact with everyone the same way. Everyone has this different. So I, I, I'm imagining as, as you and your coaching staff, how valuable it is to understand each player and how do you how do you coach them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and so that's like the macro level is how they process the world. So it would be, um, you know, how do we motivate them? How yeah. do we provide feedback? How do they like feedback? Um, how do they like criticism? You know, how do they deal with that? 
Um, I gave one of the examples was um, our goalkeeper, his personality type um, is he does not like public criticism. That's just him on a macro. And so we just know that like all of our feedback to him, if it's going to be negative or things that we want changed, it's definitely a private conversation. It's probably not in front of anybody else. We give him a lot of time to process. We sandwich method it, right? Positive, negative, positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's just understanding that like, you know, if you think you're a hammer, then everything looks like a nail, right? Like that kind of age old, age old adage. And, yeah. Um, but they're not. Like you got to, I would equate it more to like uh, being in an orchestra. Like you have to play every instrument differently. Yeah. And then if you play them all the way that they're supposed to be played, you get a great sound. Yeah. Coaching. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Um, so what else? So take me through what you guys do is because you have a four year leadership process at Cortland. So um, how, how does that work for, for your players? Yeah. Um, so each year they have a, a focus of leadership. So freshman year, it's all about just them leading themselves. Uh, sophomore year is leading individuals, so it's them helping the freshmen figure themselves out quicker. Uh, junior year is lead groups, and then senior year is lead team. Uh, so you just constantly are getting a little bit more responsibility in the program. We start inward with leadership, basically like under the premise of you can't be a great leader here if you yourself can't do it. Yeah. Right. Because then you turn into the guy that just do what I say and not as I do. And then you kind of lose some respect. Yeah. Um, so we look inward first as freshmen, and then they start to look outward towards one person and say, hey, can you just help one person if you see them struggling? And then junior is like, well, how good can you get, right? How big can we spread your influence and your positive reach? And then senior is like, we want to make sure that our seniors um, are looking through a pretty broad lens, almost like a get your head up over the trees yeah. and like look at our team as a whole um, because you have people already looking out for the individual. The seniors have to catch those trends of like, are we all on the right track? Yeah. Right? And what do you guys think? You've been here for long enough. And and, w- and when you truly empower people, I think they take ownership of it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps give them a role. Yeah. Right. Like so, instead of just being a random freshman that's not playing and not getting the playing time that you want, and you're frustrated, and everybody just leaves you alone, uh, you kind of wake up and you're like, well, what's the point? Right. Like I don't have a role here. Yeah. Um, but for us, it's like, look, the playing aside. You know, that's one thing. But yeah. we also, like, there's a lot of roles here. Like, this is really important. We want, we're going to coach you in this. We're going to help you do your part of this leadership thing. And so they know that, like, they've got a big role, whether they're on the field or not. And do you believe everyone can be a leader? Ooh, great question. Um, I believe everybody has influence. Yeah. Influ- okay. That's so, I, so I would say, like, maybe that's just an operational definition of leader. Um, does everybody have the capacity to lead a large group? Maybe not. Yeah. Um, but does everybody have the capacity to help one person? Definitely. Yeah. And maybe that's leadership, right? Because in that moment, I helped get you somewhere where you wanted to yeah. go or, you know, you needed to go. Um, so, yeah, I would say everybody has the, po- the potential for influence. So when you, so how do you, I think you've done something with it, but how do you, how do you have, how do you help a player understand what their influence is? Because, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of people don't understand the influence that they have. So how do you help people understand the influence and the reach that they have? So we uh, well, one of them, we do a really cool activity where it's on a, a huge whiteboard and it gets crazy. It looks like a super complex web. But we'll put names down and then we'll ask, we'll say, hey, Josh, if anything went wrong, right, like who's your guy? Who are you following okay. on the team? And they're like, oh, I would follow Jimmy. Okay, great. 
So we write Jimmy as like, you know, that um, Jimmy influences Josh. Great. And then if somebody else says Jimmy, he gets another branch like off his tree. And then all of a sudden you kind of see these names grow and get bigger. And you're like, oh, that person's got a lot of influence. And then when we meet with that player, you're like, hey, I don't know if you knew this, but you got nine guys that would follow you wholeheartedly. And I don't know if you know that yet. Um, so it's a pretty cool activity where you actually make them say, you know, who would be your one, two, and three, yeah. right, or something like that. Um, and we've done it before where uh, they fill out a Google form and they do that, right? And then we type all of that. We just copy and paste the results into those word clouds. Okay. And so if, obviously, if Josh gets written down a ton by everybody, your word cloud is bigger. Your oh, name is bigger. And so yeah. that'll go up, uh, like, on their locker room door, things like that. Uh, so they can see, like, wow, my name's really big. And you're like, yeah, because you have a lot of influence. That means people said you were doing great and they would follow you. How do you teach the people that have a lot of if you have a lot of influence, how, how do you get them to understand the importance of that influence and use that influence in the right way? Yeah. Right? Um, it's one of the reasons that we start with Lead Yourself because eventually you're going to have influence. You're yeah. going to have eyes on you. People are going to follow you no matter what. And right. you make sure they're going in the right direction. Um, and we talk about that pretty explicitly. Um, very intentionally. Like, this is why we want you to get great here yeah because eventually other people are going to want to follow what you're doing yeah um so it's kind of self-sustaining in that way uh, but then it's also good to show them that like all right well your name's bigger right you, there's a lot of eyes on you people would follow you but that just means you have more responsibility yeah to not screw it up what's that spider-man quote with, with great power comes great responsibility or something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well let's talk about the recruitment process um and what could you, what are you seeing a negative trend happening? Um, go ahead and take a drink of water. I'll just keep rambling here. But w- what do we see in recruitment wise? Maybe it's two to three different things. We say this needs to change in the recruitment process for y- for young men going through this. Yeah, one of them would be um, <clears throat> clubs or teams or club coaches that are helping the kids directly want or have too much influence on where they want them to go and so i think sometimes like okay. taking our own egos out of what we think the right fit should be for that kid and i think more or less we should help them navigate that process for them to figure out what their best fit is um so i think that's one and like i see it a lot like we're a, a high level division three which means we um we get kids that are in that like space of am I going to go Division One or not? Yeah, right? and they might have that aspiration. They might have a few offers, right? Their final list of schools might be a couple high level Division threes. At least in our region, uh, we're very D one and three heavy. We don't have a lot of D twos, right? Area. And probably no NAIs either. No, yeah, no, yeah. 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 Um, so we get those kids, yeah. And I I find that a lot of times the club wants them to go Division One. Just because of the number. Right? And, and, and you could check it. You can check yeah. a box like, I did this. Yeah. yeah. And then the club, you know, makes the graphic. It says, this player is going here. They post their commitment thing. And now they think that the club looks better because of that. But I think, like, if we could somehow get to a point where uh, clubs only posted their commitments after the kid graduated and had a great experience, yeah. I think it would be much more healthy. Right? We're like, well, where did the kid actually end up? Did yeah. they transfer? Did they quit? Did they ever play? Right? Did they love it? And that's the thing that you're right. Like, and you see these posts. Like, if it's if it's Division One, they post, "I'm signed Division One here." 
But if it's any other division, they just say, I've I committed to Portland. Yep. They don't say Division Three Portland. They just, I, you know, and, and it is that to pull the ego out of it. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, okay, what else? What, what else we got here of things that need things that need to change? Um, I think kids got to get started on it quicker. I kind of, like, equate the whole process to, like, let's say your teacher just gave you a, a, an assignment. Mm-hmm. It's not due for 60 days later. Right? Yeah. It's due at the end of the semester. Well, are you the kid that waits to the last day and then it's rushed and you're stressed and mm. the product is probably not great? Like, yeah. you could have done a much better job. Yeah. The recruiting process is no different. Like, you know, the kids that wait and are late to the game and then they feel rushed and then they're stressed and mom's saying, hey, we got to get to the college. And, yeah. And really get ready for rapid kid. fire. But if the kid started a year ago, right, that same kid, and just did it gradually and slowly and built uh, yeah. the process for themselves over time, it wouldn't be stressful. Would, I think they would like it, and I think their product would be a lot better. Because there's, there's no harm in starting early. Right. Like, right. And, and especially if you know what you're getting into and you know your expectations of... You know, if you go to an ID camp as a freshman, know that you're probably not going to go in and get a full ride. But, you, right. you, but you've started this process. There's no harm in starting early. None. For I mean, sure. wh- why not start early? And you just, all these people wait to the last possible second. You're like, um, I think one of the things that, that bothers me is the, the whole June 15th thing um, uh, of they just assume that, oh, June 15th, I'm not going to do anything until that time. Well, that's only Division One, Division Two. You got three other divisions that can talk to you at any time, and they think this June. What's the point of doing anything until June fifteenth? Like, and and if, do you think June fifteenth magically comes around and every coach is also in a list of peers, like a Santa Claus list of naughty and nice? Boom, here's your list. No, that process has started um, early on. So yeah, for um, sure. That that. So starting earlier. How or I mean, I guess it's not so early. I know boys tend to break later. Obviously, that process starts later. But if a kid starts early, it keeps you on your radar. Like I'm sure you've talked to kids as a freshman, and sophomore, and you're like, okay, I'm, you're probably too early to obviously you know make offers. But you probably talk to them for a couple, three, two, two, three years, right? Yeah, sure. And like that gives that kid uh, way more time to like, show up on campus and they come to ID clinics. Yeah. And, Right, so like, there's kids sometimes in the recruiting process. If they start early, like, I've seen them play, yeah. you know, ten times over the last two and a half years, which is great. And, it, and especially for your leadership style and, and how you include teams, you, you need to know that this kid's going to be a good fit for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think if you start early, you yeah, you get way more contact points with the coaches, and they know your name a lot more. Right, your name comes across their inbox a lot yeah. more. Um, I think sometimes uh, if we're talking about like. What's the timing and when is too early? Um, sometimes with boys, they just don't really know themselves yet. Yeah. And they're just so aimless in all of their pursuits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know? And so, like, <laughs> yeah. do you, are you just spinning your wheels because yeah. you don't really have a direction? Who knows? That could be, too. But um, I think, you know, most boys will start too late. Mm-hmm. So, I'd say, like you said, there's no harm in too early. Right. You know, even if you're a little bit misdirectional. You know, and you don't really know what you're going to do. I would just say start early. Like, and sometimes that misdirection, it helps. Like, sometimes you have... Sometimes I think when you can start early, you, you have the availability to wander aimlessly. Yeah. And, and you don't know what you don't know. And you start as a freshman or sophomore, and you just go on campus, and you go... Like, for me, I'm not a cold person. And maybe I didn't know that about him. But if I go visit your campus, I'm like, I don't I don't like the cold. Yeah. I'm not... And that's not me. 
I don't want to go down and, and go to the extreme heat. Like, I know that about myself. Yeah. Do you need something, ma'am? I, I'm, we're on a podcast. Hey, podcast. <laughs> That's fine. This uh, is but and, and and I think sometimes you 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 open you let yourself start to wander. You can start pinning yourself down of, oh, I didn't like this. I do like that, and I think the wander aimlessly. I think that's the benefit of starting early. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. Sometimes finding out what you don't want mm-hmm. is just as important as thinking about what you do want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it just helps you close in your parameters, and like you said, to your point, I think sometimes if you're just wandering around a little bit aimlessly because mm-hmm. you started early. It helps you figure yourself out. Yeah. Like that is actually part of the process yeah. of maturing and growing up and finding out what's going to make you tick. So, and, 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 for sure. and, and as a senior, you don't have the time to wander aimlessly, right? And I think that's obviously that's you know we, the, the portal is massive. Yeah, you know because they start so late, they get themselves in a situation, and it, it, I think that the whole trans. I mean, I think it's an easy fix. I know you probably I mean with the education if you start earlier. I'm assuming, and I don't, that's a stat we should track. People who start early, I have to imagine the transfer rate is dropped drastically. Yeah, probably. You know, and it's like the old marriage statistics 50% of people get divorced. No, that's not true. Like, I mean, sorry, it is, but once you get, if you marry, and when you're 30, the divorce rate's like 5%. Yeah, yeah. The divorce rate is high between if you get married super, super, you know, and you make a quick decision, that, yeah. that divorce rate is super high. Yeah. Um, you know, and so people that take the time to figure it out, you know, um, I think that the process goes much easier for them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And the transfer thing, I would say the other piece to that puzzle is I don't think we do a good enough job as programs and coaches and et cetera at telling the kids that your playing time is not your value. Right? And I think they just grow up. And obviously, like, don't get me wrong, players want to play. I did too. So there's part of that that's just naturally. You'll never drive that out. But I do think that, I mean, it's just such a quick release trigger to, like, if things aren't going well, like, well, we'll just go find an easier spot. Yeah. Um, You know, so you lose the perseverance and the hard work. You lose a lot of those life lessons in it when we're not really helping kids stick it out. Uh, Because a a lot of boys, too, um, they're ego-driven, and they just think that, you know, that's the number one thing that provides them value is are they on the field or not? Yeah. Are they starting or not? You know? And yeah. um, one thing that I love about our program, the program that I run, is that, like, we just try and show them how valuable they are in, like, ten other facets. Yeah. And, like, please don't use this as your measures, measuring stick of success. Yeah. Uh, and I tell them because I'm not. I'm yeah. not looking at you differently because you don't play versus you play. Like, right? Like, you're a member of our team. I'm going to treat you that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we're just trying to get across to the young guys that you know your measuring stick can't be performance based all the time. Yeah, right. It can be relational. It can be your teammate. It can be your ethics and your work habits and like it can be a lot of things. You can define success a lot of ways, but I don't think we help them do that. I agree, and especially as young kids. Like I, I just use my own son. He was not a forward. Uh, he was not. He's not a prolific goal scorer. He is killer at assists. But when you get done with the game, what's the first thing like your friends, your aunts and uncles ask? Oh, did you score a goal today? No. And then they're like, oh, I didn't score a goal. I didn't do well. And then you have to like, I had to stop, stop to my family. Stop asking if he scored goals. He's not a goal scorer. And we can't equate that because you're only going to have two or three massive goal scorers. Everyone else around you is yeah. important. I'm a center back. I, no, I don't score goals. I, I'm a tar- I play a target forward. I laid off. And so you have to define what the success is um, 
you know, and say, yeah, you, you are valuable. You bring this to the team. Uh, but it's all driven, like you said. It's all like, how many how many goals did you score today? No, that's not the question to ask of how many goals did you score today, at least in my opinion. No, for know. sure. No, 100%. And, I mean, kids are getting enough dose of looking exterior for validation yeah. anyways with the social media, right? And, like, everything is for likes and how many likes. And, I mean, kids, for Christ's sakes, they're taking photos down online that didn't get as many likes as they thought they were going to. Oh. Right? And so... You know, a, a lot of their world aligns with uh, statistics and am I yeah. on the field? And it's all the external validation stuff. Um, and I don't think we do a good enough job at turning them inside out and saying, yeah, but who are you as a person? And that should be your measure. Right. right? Like, let's right. go after that. Yeah. The mirror test, right? Like, when you're by yourself, like, who are you really? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that would, I, to your point, starting earlier definitely would reduce transfer rates. Yeah. But then also just how we treat players, I think, would help too. So a couple quick questions here is, is would you rather have someone who can dribble the ball better or pass the ball better? Oof. That's, uh, at my level, I think it's easier to find passers than it is dribblers. Okay. That are successful in, in my realm. So I would pick dribbler, uh, because I think you can really open the game up, uh, you know, you've got to start to shift numbers more towards that kid, and you're going to yeah. free up a lot more space, and everybody's always got their eye on them. It becomes a story, right? Like, oh, don't let that kid get the ball. Yeah. Too much space, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it becomes a thing. Yeah. Um, so I would say dribbler. Okay. How long should a highlight video be? Mm, exactly two minutes. Oh, I like uh, it. Could be, could be a little longer. Could be a little shorter. Yeah. Too. Um, I usually, for me, like I'm going to watch your first minute, and yeah. I'm going to either keep watching or I'm turning it off. Yeah. Right. And if it's still good at one minute, I'll keep watching it. Yeah. Right. No problem. I'll spend another two or three. You're sucked like, into it. Yeah. You got me hooked. Yeah. But if it's not, if it starts to decline before the minute, I'm out. When do you think it's to start attending uh, ID camps? Uh, as early as you can. I think it's like um, even freshman year. I think it's really helpful. Uh, because it, it, that's going to be the like uh, grouping of people that you're going to play in college with, right? Yeah. So if you're a freshman and you're going against juniors and seniors at some of these ID camps, yeah, that's well, true. Great, that's going to yeah. be you in four years, right? Yeah. Those are going to be seniors, you're going to be freshmen. Um, so you get to kind of like pin yourself up against them and, and see how you do. Um, it's also just like you don't want you know your very first interview in life to be for your dream job, right? You want to yeah. have some practice at it and you want to yeah. get comfortable with it and. Um, and I think that is ID camps too. You know, even if you're not recruited, well, now you have that bank of experience. Yeah, for right? sure. Now the next one you go to, you're not as nervous. You're going to play better. Uh, you can analyze afterwards and say, oh, I should have talked to those coaches a little bit more. And then the next time you go, you talk to those coaches more. Yeah. Right? And so maybe then by the time it's the right moment that that coach is going to see you play, you're comfortable, you're confident, you're doing the right things. It doesn't phase you. So I would say as early as again. What's the hardest part of recruitment? Uh, I think it's from a, I'll go from two lenses. I'll go from my college lens, which is like hardest part from a college coach's standpoint. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just think is like the sheer number of emails and volume of kids that want to play college soccer. Um, it's hard to sift through all of that. I think emails have gotten pretty spammy. And so, mm. uh, you know, I think kids are like really in tune with copy and paste. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good at that. Yeah. Um, and just changing the name of the school and the coach. And so you got to like sift through the BS, you know, it's like, is this email coming to a hundred of us or yeah. are they actually loving my school? So that, that's a tough part. Uh, and then from the kid's standpoint, I think 
getting in front of coaches uh, that are really intentional about watching them play. Um, like I'll go to recruiting events and I, I'll watch coaches and, and this is no knock on anyone specific. This is just trends that I'm seeing is like, I mean, half the time the guys are just kind of BSing in the corner and they're talking with themselves. I know. Yeah. Right? And you get some of them that are super focused and you're like, I don't know. I just wish more people were more focused for the kids uh, because the kids and families spend so much time and effort and money to and go stress, to these big yes. events yeah. and they're stressed out about it. And then I think they look over and the college coach is on their phone, not even watching the game. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it, it's like they're there just to be there. Yeah. Showing yeah. face, putting the brand on. Yeah. There. Yeah. 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 Um, so I try and be when I'm recruiting, I try and be like really intentional about like I don't have conversations. I tell them like, hey, I'll, I'm going to talk with you after the game. Hey, great to see you. I'm yeah. focused here for, yeah. for a minute, though. Yeah. What's the best advice you can give? Uh, to someone going through the recruitment process? Uh, try and lose the ego, for sure. I think ego is the enemy in the recruiting process, right? Like, you're going to have your dream school, and those are going to be great, but I think uh, the second you can drop your ego, you're going to involve a lot more other schools in that mix that are potential matches for you, and I think if you're actually open to that, you'll find out that a lot of those schools that you didn't think were going to be a great fit are actually a great fit for you. Yeah, yeah. All right, some rapid-fire questions here. You know, I like these Get ready for rapid fire. Cake or pie? Cake. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Text or call? Text. Favorite movie of all time? Oh, man. Billy Madison. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I know this answer, but would you rather be hot or cold weather? Cold. Yeah. If you have one superpower, what would it be? Mm. Invisible. Do you put cheese in your chili? Yeah. Who wins, Batman or Superman? Batman. Soft or hard tacos? Hard. Nike or Adidas? Nike. Uh, would you rather score an own goal or miss a PK? <laughs> uh, miss a PK. Uh, win the Champions League or win the World Cup? World Cup. The World Cup. All right, so Steve Axel, Cortland, Men's University, top uh, perennial, top 10, 15 program in the nation. Um, the, uh, the East cap director for Rush Soccer as well, the leadership here, so... Uh, Steve, thanks for coming, my friend. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.